Hey everyone, Liv here. Welcome back to My Gay Playlist. This is episode seven of season two, which means we have one more week until our season finale. This week, we have Bernadette Malavarka on the show. She's a friend of mine from back home in New Jersey. She is an incredible songwriter, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and she also is a book editor. She has a lot of awesome stuff to say about music, life, the heart space. I loved chatting with her. It felt like this awesome trip back to the home of my heart, and I think y'all are going to love it too. So stay tuned. We got everything coming up right now. Welcome to My Gay Playlist and Stories from Outside the Closet. My name is Liv Lombardi, and I am your host. This is a podcast about coming out and the music that inspires our journeys. To me, coming out is an act of honesty. It's something that we do every day when we decide to live our lives as authentically as possible. Where are my dreamers at? Where are my freaks and geeks and weirdos and losers and nerds? If you were ever told you don't have a place here, I'm saying this table is set for you. So take a seat and tell me about it. And we'll start with this. What are your stories and what are your songs? If you'd like to follow along and listen to each guest's particular gay playlist as you stream our episodes, head over to mygayplaylist.com. There you'll find each episode's corresponding song list. Until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's such a treat. It's like an extra special treat that I get to chat with you. Likewise. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool what you're doing. It's, it's I really enjoyed the, the ones I've listened to. And- That's so cool to hear. Yeah, I, I guess I should say... Just for reference, if people don't know who you are, how do you say your last name? Because I can't, why don't you just introduce yourself? Because I can't, <laughs> I could never pronounce your last name correctly or do I want to try? This is a good question. This is a good segue here because the trouble that you have is the reason why I've truncated myself to burn. But yeah, my name is Bernadette Malavarka. Malavarka. There it is. Which uh, I think is pretty direct and uh, has lots of vowels, but you'd be amazed at how often people would mess it up, you know, in in writing or speaking. So, yeah. I won't admit to what I thought it was in my head, but but now I know. Now, once you know, you know, and now I know. Now you know. But also you're Italian and, you know, I got to, we have to, we go Paisano. It's cut from the same cloth over here. It's a little nepotistic, but I don't care. (laughs) It's how I was raised. Absolutely. So we know each other from playing shows together. I was trying to recall uh, the first time we met and Hmm. I don't recall. I don't really recall like the first conversation we had. I just feel like I kind of knew you because we booked some shows together and then we were like music pals in the music scene that we were a part of and that you're still kind of in because by virtue of living in Northern New Jersey. Yeah. I re- I do remember that. I remember that show. Um, but what more sticks out in my mind is doing a show with you down in South Jersey for a pride event. Um, and I oh, think you yeah. put it together. And I think that just stands out because I, I remember it was a very like intimate kind of show. Mm-hmm. It and certainly was. So anyway, I, lo- I love those. It's a different flavor from like bars, you know? So. Yeah. It was yeah. like in an old bank. Yes. Yeah. It was converted into like a DIY music space. Yep. Yes. Yes. I remember that. 
Oh man, memories. <laughs> well, dude, it's so good to see you. Okay, so catching up a little bit. I'm psyched about your playlist. I'm getting a lot of playlists now. And I just had this awesome moment when I opened yours up and Spotify came onto my phone. Because first of all, what you titled your playlist, Real or Nothing, My Big Gay Soul. Mm-hmm. That just That's just real. Yeah, and it, authenticity is something I've been sitting with and thinking about challenging myself to commit to that a bit more. But I was actually listening, partly inspired by, by you, I was listening to your interview with Pronoun. You just were, you were, even just your language around the show, when you're talking about, you know, coming out is really about honoring authenticity. And there's more than one way that we come out and we don't stop coming out throughout our lives. I think I think it's like an onion, you know, it's, it's like in layers, I, that, at least in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I think sometimes it's hard to be real. It's uh, it's a nice ideal, but um, it takes guts. And, um, but I usually find if I like lean into that direction, even if it's painful, it's still freeing. And I think, I think when I just reflected on like the trajectory of my life and what it means to come out and it's about, it's about, being yourself in your life and how important that is because that's your first charge. I mean, you have to show up and do you in the world for myriad reasons. It's not just about sexuality. It's mm-hmm. about everything. Right. So, um, so yeah, what I was thinking behind that. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that so much. You know, we we've had conversations in the past and I am just like, I'm getting inundated with the memories of like sitting in loud crowded bars, like after sets that we've played Or, you know, I come to see your band play and like, and everyone's like being super social pre-COVID, sitting close, being loud, can barely hear each other and like connecting with you in the same way where you're just like, I want to get to the business of the thing, which is like the real thing in your heart. So (laughs) I've always known you to be authentic, very direct and authentic. So I'm curious hearing what you have just said. What does that mean to you? Because you started by saying that authenticity was something you were striving for more of. And and I'm curious what that is looking like in 2021, like in your life right now. That's a deep question. And I I can't tell you precisely, Liv, but I I will share that I I feel like I'm going through another becoming. I feel like I'm pregnant with something. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just more self. Maybe it's just more true self, you know, the parts that or maybe uh, severed off or scared or lacking confidence or, you know, I'm a little older, you know, I'm 41. I've been around like, so it's a turning point for me. It's also just heading into like another phase of life. So it's probably just right on time for that. I, so I can't tell you, I'm, I'm just kind of like in the midst of living through it. And I just feel like it's about this challenge to um, own my power a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that for various reasons, I've disowned it growing up or I've been afraid of it or I've given it away. And I'm trying to form a new relationship with it so that I could keep growing in my life and, and, and sort of be my own director. I think that's, there's a point in life where we each need to become our own leader and uh, maybe that comes naturally to some people and they don't have to struggle. That's not their karma. But I think for me, you know, I came from a really big Italian family, Roman Catholic. Same, 
Same, same. Big giant personalities, five brothers. I'm the youngest. There's only like two women. Like to even, I mean, talk about coming out and like recognizing that you're different. I mean, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And, you know, things maybe have changed a little bit in like music culture. Um, But when I was first starting, I was like a teenager and all those like cliche traps that you hear about, I I experienced that to be true. And there's a lot of like people telling you who you are, what you have to look like, making you a sex kitten kind of vibe when that's not really who you are. It's like, I didn't have my own voice yet, you know? So I feel like my life has been, you know, part of my like, I think lesson or what I struggle with and I'm trying to always work toward is I feel like I have this voice, but I also shy away from like, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid to lean into it. And yeah, like, how do you use it? Exactly. How do you unapologetically say the thing and then move forward? Exactly. Keep doing that. Yes. And you, it sort of requires you to be seen because you have this, you know, music's like, it's coming through you. You're compelled to like share it, but I'm also terrified of being seen. So for me that you, you have to like really sit to, to have courage to be authentic means you're going to disappoint people and you have to like not abandon yourself. It, It just, you know, so I think just like, on a deeper level, I'm, I'm grappling with, with that. Um, and then I, when I look back and I reflect, I'm like, it's always, it's always that it's just on a different, different forms, different scales. Like life kind of like brings you back the same lesson. It's a different circle intersecting with maybe a circle that you've already taken before or something like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have a voice and like you, you want to be heard. And then, so you're heard and you think, how is it going to be received? You have to like not care how it's going to be received because you don't want to disappoint anyone. That's what you were saying because you don't want to disappoint anyone. And I think that's the, I remember a conversation I had with my wife when we were just friends rather, you know, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about, it was after my album freedom girl came out and we were talking about like some, some bigger stuff was happening. Like not, I wasn't, you know, playing on a huge stage or anything, but I was starting to take everything that I was doing with my music a lot more seriously. Mm -hmm. And we booked like an interview on like an NPR affiliate out here in the Midwest. And it was pretty cool. It was like one of the first times I'd got anything like that. And I just remember having like a mild freaking panic attack at what's now our dining room table. And she was like, what are you so scared of? And I'm like, I'm scared. Everyone's going to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And then they'll realize that I don't know what that I'm doing. I I will, you know, like that I'm some big fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest struggle, right? It's like, because your biggest enemy is, is kind of your, your own head. At least mine is like, it's your ego saying like, Oh, are you sure? Are you yeah. sure you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, which I has kept me from a lot of things. I, I can relate though. I feel like I'm starting to enter a phase where I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I want. I know what I f- think and I feel and mm-hmm. Am I going to let myself be strong enough to say it, to do it, like to act on it, you know? Yeah, well said. Totally. That's it. That's it. Okay, so let's let's get into the playlist. I was starting to say, and then we got into this awesome other realm of the spirit. When you sent me your playlist and I opened it, I thought, holy shit. I, this would be my playlist. (laughs) A lot of these songs would be on my playlist. I just love so many of them. We have... Okay, it starts off Bad Reputation, Joan Jett, and the Black Hearts. Then you go into 32 Flavors, Ani DeFranco, which let's spend some time talking about Ani. And then 
Lover, you should have come over. Jeff Buckley from Grace, which I know you have a lot of, you've spent a lot of time delving into that album and I know you're a huge fan of. So yes, Jeff Buckley, in my opinion, like there's God and then there's Jeff Buckley and then everyone else. Um, You have some of your music on there, Burning the Brights. There's Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, Lauren Hill's version, Khaki King. We're talking like, like Sarah Jaffe Clementine. Mm-hmm. And then there's it ends with Joni Mitchell, All I Want, and then Bloody Motherfucking Asshole, Martha Wainwright, which was actually on another guest's first edit of a playlist. So I'd love to talk to you about it as well, because I remember what he had originally said about the song was just like so unexpected and wonderful. Long story short, I freaking love your playlist, dude. <laughs> it was really fun to like have to think about that and put it together. You know, yeah. it was, it was a, like a really nice experience for me, too. So. Yes. Oh, well, I'm psyched. So um, to get the ball rolling here, you're a musician, you're a music maker, you're a singer songwriter, and you're also a book editor. You were, have worked on some really cool things and signed and developed some awesome, some awesome work. So I'm curious to know before we start talking about the songs, was that always like, was your love for literature and stuff always part of your creative process? I think it was, I was always kind of like dancing between those two things. They're very married to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like a really deep reverence for words mm-hmm. and sometimes like I'll be reading or journaling, writing poetry, that kind of thing. And it's like the germination of a feeling that then bleeds into the song. So I think it's really I think the common denominator is about a voice. Like it's, it's about the voice, right? Mm-hmm. And like a conversation, right? And then just, yeah. I mean, I just have always loved books and um, I, you know, it's, I, my career is sort of inverted. I, I really initially set out where music was, was like, this is it. This is like the one thing and everything else is, you know, but it's really been like a dual path and um, like my main gig uh, that pays the bills and like keeps things steady has been in publishing, but it's a really good balance because music's sort of this <laughs> like super social, like uh, wide open kind of erratic thing sometimes. And the work of working on books is sort of quiet and uh organized and you know so like i really kind of need both it balance it balances exactly it's a balance and that and that big picture arc is that something similar to like telling the story from beginning to end am i reaching there with that or i would i would think that maybe like i don't really know what the book editing process is like but no like hoping that the original message stays intact while the story is being told with the with the most integrity that it it needs Yes. And there's also just sort of like, you know, as a book editor, from where an idea starts is very like embryonic and it's kind of nothing yet. It's not, doesn't have a shape yet. So like the role oftentimes, not always, because there's a lot of like uh, tedium, also, (laughs) but like in some projects um, and general sensibility is like, as an editor, you have to kind of like listen and connect with what Uh, is trying to become a product. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, so that is similar, I think, to also making a song. It's just like, you, you kind of know where you want to end up 
and you have these like feelings or a lyric or you got this riff and you're like, well, how am I going to put this together? So it's going to make this message at the end. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into it, dude. I want to start with Lover, You Should Have Come Over. Jeff Buckley, for anyone listening that hasn't ever listened to that album, I mean, I recommend going and getting it on vinyl. If you don't have a record player, go get the record player and then go get it on vinyl. Sit in your living room on the floor with your eyes closed and listen (laughs) to the whole thing. It's a masterpiece, in my opinion. I'm sure that you agree with me. I do. I was just listening to the song with my sister the other day, and she just looks up in the middle. She goes, why is this song so good? And I'm like, how are you going to throw a question like that? And <laughs> I don't know. I, I have some ideas, but I, w- I would sound like an amateur if I tried to explain it. So I'd love to hear from you why this song is on your playlist, what it means to you, and also knowing that you signed and developed 25 Years of Grace anniversary tribute to Jeff Buckley's classic album, that work. If there's a connection in there with that, let's do it. Let's go there. There was a period in my teens, because that's when I was listening to him. And I, when I first heard him, I don't know, it was like a couple of years, 94, when that first came out, I was like, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't hear him yet, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. like, suddenly, Suddenly it was like a, like a bazooka, like just like a bomb in my chest. I'm like, what is this angel? Like, what mm. is this? You know? And that song's just amazing period. And never, I mean, there's so many situations where I could like pair it with what I'm feeling, but when that song really first hit me and what was going on with in my life was sort of an unconscious crush on a best friend And, you know, and I don't really understand what's happening and I don't know why I have all these feelings and I don't know, don't have the language, but the song is like bringing these, these heartful, you know, deep feelings to the surface. And it was almost like the only thing that could say what I was feeling Mm -hmm. that I was afraid of and like alone with. And it was just, it was just the deepest container that could match whatever was happening that was huge and terrifying that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know? So yeah. like, so, you know, I mean, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a heart on the sleeve, like romantic love songs, like the one in the world. Yeah. It doesn't get old. I mean, it's classic. Yeah. And to just to kind of feel, feel into it bef- without having a narrative yet, without really knowing like why you just, it's so like, uninterfered with. So I think that's, that's what I remember of that song. Mm. I think my favorite lyric uh, from that song, one of my favorite lyrics in the vein of love songs is when he sings a kingdom for a kiss upon your shoulder. I just, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's smart as hell, but it's so relatable and so just the yearning and the longing that's in that one sentence that one thought, mm-hmm. that one idea, it's like, oh man, I so have been there. I, I know that feeling. I know that so yeah. well. And of course, when you put his voice to it, how he sang it, it's all there. It's just, it's the heart. It's just a heart mm-hmm. yeah. singing. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
So what was what was your experience like? I, I'd love to hear a bit about the process of working on the anniversary tribute to Grace as an album. And I'm curious, like the types of folks you were able to connect with or the types of conversations that were um, happening around the making of that. If there was one artist that I that I'm like full heart and soul, just like love to death, it would be him. And I've always had this thought about this record. Like, this is amazing. This is like a masterpiece mm. record. This is like, this is, this should just be on every list. It's beautiful. Head, like start to finish everything about it, the details, you know, it, and I would just play it and think like, oh my God, it's just like, it really never ages. It's amazing. And, um, you know, in the flow of my work at Backbeat, like I, we concentrate on music. And so you're always kind of looking around the universe to see, you know, what anniversary dates are coming up, um, what might be a good like idea or whatever. And um, our imprint had published a photo book of Mary Sears, who is the photographer that shot the album cover, but also like probably most of the images that you ever see of Jeff Buckley are hers. I mean, she shot over a thousand images wow. of him. They, they were friends and they were inseparable and she was on the road with him. So she's really responsible for, I would argue responsible for the image that we have of him out there. Um, so it was coming up on, I think it was like 2014. It's the book took like four years to, to, to get complete. But so I reached out to her and I was like, what do you think about doing a tribute? And, you know, it would be a size of a vinyl record. It'll be dedicated. Not, it's not about hands on exploiting him. It would just be like, let's celebrate this mm. record. Like, just mm. like, let's commit, let's like talk about how fantastic this album is and call it, let's call it what it is, the classic record. We're going to, you know, and we'll make it 12 by 12 and we'll do all this kind of thing. And so, you know, it was mainly the working with her because her, her images really drive. Um, it's a really like a photo book um, that takes like a, a chronological journey. So it starts with him in the cafe days uh, before he gets signed. And then it's the, then it's grace is the middle of the book and it's his album shoot, all the, all the outtakes from that album cover. There's a many beautiful photographs that could have garnered the cover um, besides that one. So you get to see them full size and then, and then it takes you on the road. So it's like this journey of him sort of just being this scrappy kid who shows up in New York and he's making his own flyers and this kind of thing, you know, and then, and then you just see the whole journey. So that's like the arc of the book. And then, and then the text is um, conversations with uh, like people who were connected with making him, him. Mm -hmm. So um, like Steve Berkowitz, who's like the A&R guy who signed him. Um, people at Sony, like PR people, um, Dave Laurie, who is his manager, a bunch of other, Butch Walker. So, so yeah, it's really like a, a, a conversation. Like if, if that were going to be some other medium, it would function like a short documentary, you know, just people kind of discussing him. It's very cool. It was one of the coolest professional experiences I've ever had. So, okay. Uh, one of the other first songs on your playlist is 32 Fa Flavors, Ani DeFranco. I have an Ani story, and that is that I never really got Ani DeFranco. Um, mm -hmm. but like, since I came out and 
and playing music with my guitar uh, and a lot of alternate tunings. Also, people are like, oh, you should listen on Franco. Like, you listen to her? Is she an influence? Never really liked her music. Never really understood it. Then two years ago, I saw her play in Madison for a sold out theater in Madison, Wisconsin to share in that vulnerability that she just offered it up. And it was like, we were just hanging out with her while she's, she didn't talk much that night. She even said like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going to talk a lot. This was like in the throes of Trump being Trump uh, and kind of made reference to that. And then she just played with her, with her trio and, and it was incredible. So I'd love to know like, what, who's Ani DeFranco to you and, and this song in particular? I'm sort of on your bus in the sense that, like, I'm not going to say that I love all her music because there's a lot of it that I don't connect mm-hmm. with. Um, but there's also just so much of it. Yes. And, and it's really more just holistically her, A, B, incredible, like, just, you know, I know it's kind of more common now that people pave their own ways and they... The women are their own bosses and they decide. But back then I was like, what do you mean? She's got her own label and she's doing what she wants and saying what she wants. Like, yeah. What? Like just, just her, um, her soul and her, the place from which she comes like that, like she's like a spirit animal. You know what I mean? Like that, her, her ethos, you know, and um, what she represents uh, is like the top of the list for me for her. And then I think she's got some songs that are gems. So it's like, and I've, and then just, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of like seeing her a bunch of times and I have, I have fond memories of that that's connected to my life at large. And I also experienced her the same way as you did. I, I've always been like just very touched by her generous spirit that she's able to to do that like just make you feel like you're really held and and in it with her and so that her energy I think is indelible you know it's made an indelible mark and then for that song in particular uh, I put that on because I was introduced to her I I was like singing in cafes at the time and in northern Jersey like around yeah I was like New Jersey and New York and you know, it's just me, like I was just getting started really. And like, but I was gigging a lot and um, I would do like really long shows and was like kind of like a folk singer-ish type person. And, you know, people would come up to me and say, do you, do you know Ani DeFranco? You know, that kind of thing. So but, I, I know how that goes. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. Um, but like then, you know, there was this one, you know, just tying it to coming out, right? So there was this, this young lady at a cafe that um, like, I guess was, you know, interested in me and like took me a minute to catch on, but she sort of gave me this CD, you know, like she gifted it to you. Okay. Okay. She was like, Hey, balls in your court. Here's some Ani DeFranco. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, I don't get it. But then I got it later, but, um, but yeah, she actually gave me her music though. So like, I didn't really listen before then. So she gave me that record and um, that's how I like actually started listening to her and getting a little deeper. And then it, and then I was, you know, just on a musical level, I just really liked her independence. And I think that that was nothing small at the time because like some of the, the people 
sort of in my circle at the time kind of had different ideas about like, I don't know, the philosophy or like the, the way to go about a music path. And I was too, I was young and trying to find my, my own voice to say what I wanted and what I didn't want. And like, they were, you know, there's, it's like people talking about you, like you're not in the room, even though it's like your future that's getting affected. Right. So like, you know, all of this is happening while like, I'm, I'm sort of like nervous because I think I might be gay and I don't know how to like do that and be in music and disappoint people. And, and then, so like just seeing just her little example, like walk across the transom and just, I was like some, some ember, some little piece of that type of life philosophy and approach to music. Like I want to move that way, which is, I think about being guarding it and being your own shepherd and your own director. And so like, I think it was important to be introduced. Yeah. And what a sweet story of, you know, playing playing a little acoustic show somewhere and and do you remember where it was was it in new york city i want to set the scene in my head yeah it was uh it was actually montclair okay I, uh, page one cafe which is, is used to be part of the book center that's still cool. here i used to have live shows and i used to um i would play like a residency there and it was super cool, cool. and you're playing your music yeah. you're singing your little heart out your big old heart yeah. out and she comes and gives you the CD and it, it, it begins a theme thread through your life. It's like, it it's this, it's the music, but it's the message that you just spoke so eloquently of, of, Hey, this is how I, I could be, I could have that for myself, Yeah, mm -hmm. which is so rad. We need those examples. We need those embers, mm -hmm. as you said, to, uh, what's the word glow. In the darkness, yeah. because, dude, it's a dark place if in that in the closet. I hate saying that, but it's a dark place if you don't have a little, you know, light peeking through. Yeah. And like, you know, I think there's more now, but this is, you know, this is like the late 90s. Yes. So much different. Not, much much different. different. You had to hunt a little bit. You had to. It wasn't like it was it is now. And I'm I'm really happy to see like that there's, there's just more, um, like, you know, there's just big women doing boss things that are like, I mean, there's many, but there's some low hanging fruit that we can point to, right? Like St. Vincent's, like she runs the show, she's producing stuff, she, you know, like that, that's beautiful, but I don't remember that. Growing mm -hmm. up. <laughs> like I, I, that came yep. later. You mm -hmm. know? So I think this leads into, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about growing up. I know in, you told me that you're from Belleville, New Jersey, which is a small little town right next to the small little town that I grew up in. And dare I say, there are rival towns that play each other on the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving football game every year. I, I immediately go to that because I was in the marching band for five years. So I sat at every one of those games with my sousaphone on. Yes, I played the sousaphone. Yes. But you've also told me that you're from an Italian family and uh, you have a lot of older brothers. There's a lot of there's a lot of familial bond. I don't know if your family is for, for me, my familial bond. You do anything for your family. 
we got each other's back. There's a lot of love. Also, mm-hmm. a lot of shame. We're not going to talk about the things that we're not supposed to talk about. We're not going to yeah. we're not going to make any waves in the water. We want it to be still because mm-hmm. we don't want to stand out. And we don't and, and there's the guilt, there's the Catholic guilt, there's the Italian guilt. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there. So I'm curious, I don't know if I've just put a bunch of words into your mouth, but of any of your experience coming out, growing up, and then, you know, coming into the empowered person that you are now, if that, if there was any friction there for me, I had to move across the country when I went to college in order to parse out a lot of those things. Yeah. And I, th- I love my family to death and I like, we do love each other to death for sure. And so, but yeah, I mean you know, the religion was like a really big deal in the house. I kind of like, again, I I feel like I just, I I didn't come out like, Hey fam, I have an announcement. Mm -hmm. It was more like just taking it one decision at a time, one like move at a time and, and with suffering, like just sort of like agonizing, like, but 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 just following um uh and like letting my nature push through the concrete and yes yes there was friction uh there were fights there was sometimes iciness there was secrecy there you know there's uh indirect uh communication about it but uh, but it was kind of like i'm on this bus it's it's it doesn't go with where i came from yes i'm the same person you love so deal with that deal with that you love me you know me and but i'm also this thing that's like we're not supposed to be i'm it guys sorry and and i think i just kind of like was kind of lonely i mean it wasn't like uh I just kind of had to keep marching and, and just deal with difficult days and turns. And then sometimes not, you know, because it was very visible and it was oozing out of me and it was showing up in my music and I would eventually start bringing girls around and, and like I cut my hair and I used to have like really long really? hair. Yes. And it was like, it was almost like my hair, my hair, like, Oh, you have such long curly hair. Like it was like this thing that was like, once I cut it, it was like a real change. And I remember like this woman, I, I, I had a manager at the time when I cut my hair, she's like, you cut your hair. Like, what did, did you do? Why'd you do that? Why don't we talk about mm-hmm. it? You know, it was just, I just kind of started moving forward. And I was like, uh, I'll just deal with the shutters f- flying off the house if I have to. But I just think that true things and true nature is really hard to suppress. Mm. So even like, it's like, we can try to fight this and we could, we could have all these discussions about, you know, whether it's right or wrong, or I should be doing this or not, but like, this is happening. And, and then it's just, I just like suffer through it and get to the next place and then suffer through that and get to the next place until I think just over time, it's been like a slow integration into family where it's just, that's just a part of her. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but, but I never like directly just came out. You know what I mean? Yes. I did it just. I, yeah. 
Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. And I am so grateful that you've just been so honest with me about that experience because that is so difficult. I didn't have that. I can't relate in that regard because my family was really rad and there was no, I mean, maybe there was like secrecy and not understanding, but it certainly didn't happen when I was around and it was never put at me like that. I internalized a lot of that, I think, because I thought I had to. Because I was convinced that it surely it would it should have been more difficult, but I can imagine that that was, and maybe still is uh, a challenge, especially coming from a family like like you do, and I like yeah. if like I do, no matter what you know that they're still gonna you know wake up in the middle of the night and come to your house if you need it, you know what I mean, or yeah, literally absolutely. like take the shirt off of their back to clothe you if you know all yours burned up in a fire like those are the type of those are the type of people that that i'm i'm from and it sounds like you as well um but it is a hard thing to to shed to know that that's true and then also come to a point in your life where you're like okay all of this is true of me uh my family is my heart and we love each other deeply and i know how to love deeply because of them And because I know how to love deeply because of them, I also love myself and I know who I love and how I want to love doesn't align with these ideals that I've been told I need to accept as true because they're not. And that's freaking confusing, dude. That's really, really, really confusing. I don't know when, when this was like these shifts in your life were starting to happen. For me, I was in my early twenties, already a confusing time. You know, you know what? I find now that's happening, at least I'm, I don't know if this is like relatable to anyone, but I think, you know, we just talked about, you know, so you got the Italian culture, you got Catholicism, you got family, Italian family culture, that's all tied to that. And then you're this thing that like, doesn't go with that. I think something in my youth that's only like shifting now, and maybe that's the, the becoming right now is like, I used to think that I had to choose between I'm going to be this to honor myself. So I can't have those other parts. I can't have Italian culture. I can't have my family values. I can't have spirituality because they're opposed. Right. Because right. that's like the message. And I think actually, as I get older, I'm like, yes, I can. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I am Italian. Like I, and I, you know, those things are also. So now I think it's about like reclaiming some of those things that felt necessary to choose between waking up to the fact that I never had to choose between them. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a fallacy that was like, I don't have to sever myself from all that, but that's like, I have to decide that nobody's going to tell me like, I'm allowed to do that. It's just like, no, we're going to do it. So I'm going to make pasta and we're going to hang over and I'm gay. Like, like that's all true. All of it's true. Oh, I get giddy just hearing you say that. Yeah, you are a maker of your own of your own identity. All those things can be true because they're yours. Yours to choose from, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we got a little bit more for you on today's episode. If you want to stream all the songs on Burns playlist while you're listening or after you're done listening to our episode, head over to mygayplaylist.com. There you can find every episode's corresponding song list. 
In the meantime, check out this track by Burn and the Brights called Lola. We got more coming at you, just a little bit left. Stay tuned. It's coming up right now. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about your music um, because I love it and I want everyone to know how great it is. You write and produce, there's a, there's a, what would you call it? A song series you've been working on called Over Love. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this project. Tell me about what's going on with it, what you've done with it so far. Over Love is a, a term, I, I try to capture like sort of what I walk around feeling. I just feel like I'm I'm holding a lot of love, and uh, which is beautiful. But sometimes it's actually really difficult to hold. It makes me, you know, our physical limitations. We can only be one place at a time. People come and go out of your life. Um, we can't be everywhere. But my heart is everywhere. So it's like I was just trying to capture like sort of that feeling, like like that overflow. Were you yeah. reading my diary? <laughs> Dude, I know that feeling. Yeah. It's like hold, holding an ocean, you know, like, so there's, there's, and then just the, the sort of anxiety that might, even though that's a nice thing that can create some anxieties and tensions and things to consider. So the songs are sitting, exploring those feelings across the, um, different relationships of my lifetime. Let's talk about, ooh, there's so many good ones and we don't have too much time left. Oh my God, I don't, I don't know. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Tell me which, tell me which ones are stick out the most. I'd say the Martha Wainwright song. It's been like on repeat for me, especially like the last year. Like I just, I just love how naked it is and how direct and, Super you know, direct. I will not pretend. I will not put on a smile. I will not say I'm all right for you. You know, it's just like. I think that's what we're talking about. Aren't we talking about authenticity? You know? So I just love how it doesn't care. I mean, it's just like, it's naked. It's, it's raw. Her voice is imperfect. There's no pretense. No pretense. And it's like a perfect earworm and it's direct and it's like timeless and it has guts and it has flaw. And it has experience and it has vulnerability and it, it's like just real, you know, mm. it's a very like a real guttural song. And I don't know, I just been, I just think it's great and it really resonates a lot on many levels. What are some of those levels? I want to peel back the layers on that one. What is it? I, I spoke to a former guest on the show, a first edit of their playlist had this song on it and he spoke a lot about rage, but what are those, what are those layers for you? I wrestle a lot with a longing to have a voice and be true and, and um, honor myself and, and be out there. And, um, but I also have a side as probably many women do, where I really care about other people's feelings. So I'm always like, it takes me a while to get out the truth sometimes because there's just, you know, fear, fear of being seen, fear of saying something that's going to be too true. Is that a, is that a woman thing or is that like an empath thing or is it both? Is the excuse for it like a, a, a woman thing that we sort of take as women? Like, I don't want to offend anyone. 
I don't know. You know, it's a good question, Liv, because there's certainly women who don't care. <laughs> no, I I don't think Martha Rainwire fucking cares. Or maybe she does. Yeah. And that's why she wrote the song. She was trying to, you know, yeah. it's her own longing for the things. I don't know. It's definitely an empathic thing. Like, I think sometimes I even feel like I can soak up people's feelings and that can get confusing and overwhelming. I can easily lose my own self and voice in the noise. Mm. And so it's like a mantra to myself, like, don't pretend, don't, don't say, don't, don't, don't hold back. So I just think hearing that lyric, particularly, that's just a mantra for me that I think I'm always sort of like, you know, trying to hold on to and challenge myself to do. It's not always easy, but you have also have to be that way as if you want to be an artist. I mean, it's like the same, you get hit with the same themes. Like if you want to stand up and say something in front of people, uh, you clearly want to be heard and no one, not everyone's going to like you. So like, it's the same thing, even in personal life or in your work, like you, it's the same uh, challenge. Um, okay. Burn last question. If you yeah. could tell your younger baby queer self something to make it a little easier with having the wisdom that you have now from the experience you've lived, or even maybe you like 10 years ago, knowing that you're pregnant with something and becoming into more of yourself now, what would it be? You have everything you need. Like you're enough. You're, you're precious. Treat yourself like you're precious. You don't have to give it all away. So that's what I would say. Like you own you. Yeah. You don't have to be co-opted or an object. Like, like you have value already. You don't have to earn it. You just have it. That's what I would tell any young person. If I were their mom or their aunt or whatever, I would, I would be like, protect your precious parts. Like you, it's a privilege when you share yourself and like, it's okay to think of yourself that way. And it's okay for people to earn access. You don't have to just, give it all away yeah that's what i would say that's some i think often overlooked perspective beautiful <laughs> burn thank you so much for your time chatting with you felt a lot like going home i got super nostalgic and i loved connecting with you about all of the wonder that we talked about if you want to support burn in the brights Head over to Spotify and stream their music. Playing out today is their song, Beautiful Morning.
show is created by yours truly, Liv Lombardi, that's me, and Courtney Ortel, and co-produced by Virago Artist Management with additional support from Hannah Varnum. Music by yours truly once again, Liv Lombardi. As always, thank you for your ears and your hearts. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, write a review, and share with your friends. Until then, be kind to yourself and gentle. I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time.